Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. Day, but who could I find that could be a better Welsh replacement than my friendo Casey Bubba? You can find him on the Twitter at BD Entrick. Casey, what's going on, man? What is going on, man? It's um, I don't know if I've ever been introduced as a better Welsh replacement, so I'm hoping he doesn't listen to the show because um, he might get a little sour about that one. Uh, but uh, he doesn't good. have time to do the show. There's no time. He, there's no way he's going <laughs> to listen to it. So. Well, we are going to do it bigger and better than him, at least bigger because the two of us are on here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not skinny. So uh, there's there's that whole thing for sure. Um, just so much going on right now. I mean, you know, the combine happened last weekend. Uh, you know, uh, there's so much going on in baseball right now. But the injuries have been insane this spring. Are guys made of glass more? Are we starting too early? Are they not coming into shape like what do you think is is there a overall arching solution to this? Yeah, PEDs. That's <laughs> Seems like the easier answer to me. Well, you know, I, I guess out. I'm actually hosting this with Joe Pizapia today. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have that accent. I can't do it. Sorry. I can't go, hey, yo. Hey, um, yo. But uh, it is weird. And at first, when all these injuries are happening, I kind of had the mindset where, like, okay, it's spring training. It's usually veterans. They want to go golf for a couple of days. They don't want to practice all these things. I get it, whatever. But now it's getting ridiculous. Like you said, it's almost every day, every other day, we're getting a handful of injuries. And some of them are like, you know, for diving plays, which is just freakish stuff. Other stuff is uh, lingering injuries from years uh, from last year, which is odd that they let this go. It's weird. It feels uh, like they are made of glass. Like obviously they're not because they're 
much better athletes than most people in the world, but it is frustrating. And, you know, a couple of years ago, it was all about the oblique injuries. And now it feels like if you have a pitcher and you're drafting early, you just, you know, pray to God they just throw like two innings and get away. Yeah, I mean, it's just it seems like every single day there's something new. And we uh, just recently found out that Aaron Judge has a cracked rib. They said that surgery is not off the table, but he doesn't have a timeline right now. They're going to shut him down for two weeks and uh, get back to him after that, which would put, you know, that is going to the 20th. Uh, of March and the season opens up on March 26th. So let's just start off with Aaron Judge and his weird rib injury in your kind of immediate response. If you guys can't tell when we're recording this, uh, your immediate response to finding something out like this. Does this take him off your board? Does it just push him down real far? Are you kind of saying, ah, I'll get him at a discount? Like, what's your thought? Uh, Well, it's something I I know we've talked about in the past and I've talked about elsewhere is Injuries will find you throughout the season, so it really you try to avoid drafting injured players, especially pitchers. But this is an outfielder, of course, we're talking about here, and it's the you know Ted DiBiase of the world. Everyone's got a price. That's just the way it goes. But we've seen it started with the shoulder, then it went to the pec, which I haven't seen my pec since I was like three, probably, and then <laughs> and then it goes to his uh, his ribs. And it's just crazy how he just keeps hurting himself and doing different things. In reality, he's only played one full season. Like, you break him down. I wrote a piece of Rotoballer comparing Aaron Judge and Fran Mill Reyes. My Fran Mill Reyes is a better draft because uh, draft pick based on his price and a similar production level. Because Judge just had one monster year. Other than that, he hasn't given you anything. Like, that, that, that is price point. So, for the most part, he's off my list. Uh, when it comes to outfielders, yes, five outfield leagues, you need to get some solid players. But it's a, it's a deep position that if you need, you know, power or speed or average, you can kind of fill out your rosters in the outfield pretty well. Maybe not as many four to five category contributors like you get with some of the early draft picks. But if you build your team well, you can still be just fine and passing on Aaron Judge, who may not even play more than, you know, who knows, 50, 60 games, maybe get you 120 that's a big what if. Yeah. I picked like 68 right now. So, okay. So let me ask you some names real quick uh, just to see where you're at. And I'll, I'll go outfield to kind of keep it comparative here. So um, let's go Aaron Judge versus Andrew Benintendi. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Benintendi is not a guy I'm huge on, but I do like what I'm seeing out of spring. Uh, they're going to be at the top of the order. He's still young and reverting back. I'll go Ben and Ten on this one. Okay, how about uh, Michael Conforto or Aaron Judge? Oh, Conforto. I've I've always been a Conforto guy. I'll go. I'll go there. How about like a Schwarber or a Kepler? Schwarber is one of my favorite draft picks this year, so that's an easy one. Kepler, he's going to regress some. He's a massive batting average liability, but still a good power source. I'm just really out on Judge right now. It's going to take like he's going to have to fall. <laughs> Outside of like 150 in the outfield or so, pro. Not, not overall 150, yeah, like pick yeah. 150 or later. What about, uh, let's see, uh, so Byron Buxton is right in that range, Bubba, and they do different <laughs> things, of course. Uh, but I know I've been snapping up Buxton in a, a ton of drafts because I just think he's probably right around a 130 to 140 value, and he goes post 160 in most drafts right now. So uh, that that's a pretty decent line do you want to take the chance that judge is going to get the games or that buxton is going to uh get the games and actually perform 
I'll take the chance on Buxton, but that's a very good comparison because one thing they both do very well. That's one thing they both do very well is miss games. Yeah, yeah, and like the guys after that are like, you know, uh, that I, at least on my list, uh, you know, Willie Calhoun or Judge, who who are you going with? Calhoun. How about um, Lorenzo Cain? There's where I probably go Judge, especially with recent reports saying Cain's not going to run anymore. Okay, so um, all right. I mean, so that that's pretty much buried. I mean, you're you're not going to get him because there's going to be someone else willing to yes. take the risk earlier on him. So uh, yep. I mean, but it, that's you know that's an important line of distinction to draw when we're talking about these injured players. I mean, I keep saying it on everything that I'm on that uh, records about baseball is I don't want to go into the season with injured players anymore. I'm so sick of it you know you wait for those guys sometimes like it's a minor thing you know if you draft stanton you know he has the calf thing he might be good to go like a week after opening day and you might get the rest of the season with him but would you rather stanton or judge stanton easy yeah i'm with you i'm with you Uh, i mean yeah i don't i don't like i don't necessarily want either one of those guys at this point uh especially judge i don't think i'll be drafting judge because like you said you know i would put him down there you know i don't know that i would drop him down past willie calhoun but uh i i might take him over calhoun but it depends on what i have in my outfield he just Mm -hmm. all all these guys that are injured become a a a conditional draft pick meaning when you take them you have to make a plan for them to be out for an extended period of time. So you take Judge, but now you know, okay, I need another outfielder for probably at least an extra month, you know, Mm -hmm. at the very least, maybe longer than that. So you're going to have to double tap. And, um, you know, if you're in a Roto League, you don't really care when Aaron Judge plays as long as he comes back and plays. Uh, If you're in a head-to-head, he might be a better pick because he has time to get healthy throughout the playoffs but of course you got to get to the playoffs at that point um what about chris sale before we move on from injury stuff um you know i, I know that you said especially pitchers and mm-hmm. it, it's a uh, uh once again another good distinction to make because uh pitchers are they're ricky bobby as far as injuries <laughs> go you know if you ain't yep. first you're last if it's not something minor it's probably going to be for the year so uh he has a flexor tendon strain i uh, think they're going to shut him down for a week and let him throw again and see what he feels like after that uh this scares the holy crap out of me i don't want any part of sale this year at all yep i am not buying the sale let's just put it that way so uh yeah i'll be here all day for at least two hours but um yeah no chris sale for me in the last uh in the month of march on an fpc he's going to pick 85 as low as pick 226 there's no way i'm drafting chris sale right now and i was a big chris sale guy i drafted chris sale in a draft with you in arizona in like round five which was great value then I guess not knowing what we know now, though. So, yeah, no sale for me. Um, so uh, he's just completely off your list. Would you take him over like a, I don't know, a faulty? No, I'm not, I'm not drafting Chris Sale. Like, I'll, I'll take my chances with other pitchers that are at least 
you know, can throw a baseball right now. Okay, so there's just no, uh, yeah, and I'm with you on that. I, I think he's going to have to undergo TJ, and, you know, it, it makes it so I don't want to trade for him in a keeper league either, you know. I uh, don't yeah, want to do scary. any of that stuff either. What about Oscar Mercado? He's got the wrist injury. He's going for an MRI. We don't quite yet know uh, the extent of the damage, but it did not look good the other day. Uh, if you're drafting in, like, maybe a slow draft right now or an early draft uh, this week, Weekend, what are your thoughts on Mercado? You're going to have to drop him down quite a bit. It's a little scary. Like I said, diving for a baseball, messing up his wrist. I kind of like a little bit of the power he brings. That's going to suck some power away. Speed will still be there, but it's not like it, the Cleveland doesn't have excess of outfielders in case something goes wrong. So, you know, currently going to pick 113, I'd have to drop him down to get 50. Maybe around, you know, maybe the Lorenzo Kane becomes an argument or even outside of the top 200 overall. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough situation with uh, him with the wrist injury and Aaron Judge now with the rib, Stanton with the calf, Sale and Snell both hurt right now. I mean, these players are dropping like flies. We can't have the season start soon enough here. It has been mm-hmm. an absolute disaster so far. But uh, we are um, we're going to talk about all this stuff. We got a lot on deck here. Uh, I've got Bubba for the first two hours, and then I got Mike Curlin coming on after that. Uh, we're going to talk our TGFBI roster. I hope your draft is actually done, Bubba. Uh, I don't know <laughs> because there's been some slow pokes in your draft, of course, and we have a lot of other news to cover so uh, be sure you're sticking with us right here on the sports grid and we'll be back right after this To light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this league. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. Full shirt. Holy mother forking shirt boss.
this league on the sports grid, get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter, at Bogman Sports. Follow my friendo, Casey Bubba, at BDNTrick. And Casey, go ahead and plug away all the stuff and things that you're doing. Stuff and things. Benched with Bubba with a D is the flagship podcast. Always pumping out content. Uh, Bubba and the Bat Flip on uh, every Monday this week. Starting preview, pit, pit, starting pitching preview two. Where uh, if you combine both previews, over 130 starting pitchers. I also had Justin Mason on episode 255 and Paul Spore on episode 256, talking a bunch of ADP debates for starting pitching. Pretty cool. Always getting uh, those guys input on the fantasy world. Also, I do golf podcasts, baseball podcasts, cool stuff there. Writing for Roto Baller, Season Long, and MLB DFS this year. If you go to my Twitter, there's promo codes to get you like 60% off over there. So go check that out. Uh, and then, of course, the Fantasy Black Book. Awesome stuff there. I covered uh, relief pitchers and catchers. There's about 10 or 11 awesome contributors, authors in the book. You don't want to go to your fantasy baseball draft season without it. It's on Amazon and iTunes. So if you just go to follow me on Twitter, like Bogman said, at BD Entry, you'll get all the cool stuff you need there, and you'll find everything I'm doing, and plus totally nonsense tweets and Ozarks is coming out pretty soon and all kinds of cool stuff like you know, that. You're the one that told me about that. I was, I was happy to see that. I saw that on your Twitter yesterday. At uh, end of yeah, the month, so right? I, I, I'm just a nerd. March 27th, and uh, yeah, blood flow was full force yesterday. Seeing that trailer, <laughs> so that was a, a beautiful thing. But last plug: if you give a rating review on iTunes for Benched with Bubba, and you want to get in the Listener League, Listener League Two is got about three or four spots left. You can slide on in there. The winner of the league gets a copy of the 2021 Black Book and a spot on Benched with Bubba episode. Very, very nice. Uh, a lot going on, of course, for you know everyone in the industry. We've all got a ton going on busy. right now. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the preseason. If you're not busy, you're not working real hard. So that's just how it is. But uh, we have some other news here, and I know this one you're a big, big fan of, Bubba. Uh, Hunter Harvey might be up for the closers role in Baltimore. So uh, they've got a lot of options there. Of course, Michael Givens has closed games, and it seemed like they were you know, heading towards closer by committee. And of course, when you're a team like Baltimore, not, nothing is guaranteed because if Hunter Harvey goes out there and looks like a lights out closer for the first half of the season, you would expect him to probably get traded. But they've got Givens, Richard Blyer, uh, and Hunter Harvey all kind of vying for that spot. Now, uh, who's the new manager in Baltimore again? Um I forget his name. He, yeah, um, yeah. Now, styling and profiling. I know that much. Yeah. O- Orioles manager. Uh, Brandon Hyde. That's what it is. He, he did when he was uh, talking about this in the press conference the other day or just, you know, being interviewed. Uh, he said that he likes to find roles for his players. So it seems like, you know, uh, we have already mentioned Ricky Bobby in this in this show once. This seems like the Ricky Bobby, whoever wins that job, is going to get a chance to keep it for a while. So uh, are you taking bets on Hunter Harvey? Have you uh, scooped him up in any drafts so far? Yeah, I scooped him up in a, an online qualifier with the NFBC a couple days ago. I'm going to try to get him in Raz Slam if he's still sitting around at the right point in time. I'm not going like, to reach reach for him, but... I'm going to move up the ladder a little bit. Uh, he, he was very, very good last season. I remember talking about him in a waiver wire situation towards the end of the year. Young, young arm. He was a, a big-time prospect of them, kind of battled injuries back and forth. And I think they realized, you know, let's not use him as a starter. Let's take advantage of those bullets in the bullpen. And it showed the last month of the year with the big club. And like uh, Hyde said, he, he likes to give his guys roles, so maybe not a committee thing. Harvey's 25, still has another option under his belt, so he's going to be cheap. 
and gives Baltimore something to think about. The biggest thing, though, for not reaching, let's be real about it, the Orioles won 54 games last year. So how many saves are really on the table in Baltimore? And that's the biggest reason for me. Like He's going to be valuable if he is the closer, and I think he should be the closer, but don't go crazy, crazy on him. Yeah, I mean, I I like I just like the fact that uh, there's almost a secret closer. You know what I mean? I've been uh, swooping up Hirano in a bunch of leagues at the end, and it's you know he may not even be the closer. It's between him and Matt McGill, of course. So, and, well, McGill's McGill's banged up, so watch out for Carl Edwards Jr. Yeah, and that's what the Wel- Welsh likes Carl Edwards Jr. as well. So you'd think if uh, it has a, a Carl and a Junior at the end of it, that would be my guy. But no, I think uh, that's why you're running away from him. You're traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, I, I just think Hirano, I think they signed him to give him that spot first. Now, do I think Hirano is good enough to hold it? Not really. I've watched Hirano pitch a bunch. Obviously, he opened up his career in, here in Arizona with the Diamondbacks, and he's just okay. You know, I don't think he's closer material, but, uh, you know, the Fernan- Fernando Rodney was never really closer material, and he's closed out a, a million games. So, uh what about um, Boone says that Jordan Montgomery is a lock for the rotation for the Yankees. And obviously the Yankees, they, they are in flux with all these injuries, of course. I mean, you got to boost up a guy like Clint Frazier on your board now, right? I yep. mean, Jordan Montgomery still probably more of an AL only option or a very deep league option. But uh, are you you ha- you get does the blood get flowing for Jordan Montgomery at all? <laughs> Yeah, not as much, but I am a fan. I'll say I'm interested. It's not making me, you know, stand up with no hands and no legs, but um, <laughs> I, I still do. I, I like the idea of a pitcher pitching for the Yankees, getting to face some not as good teams at, at part of the bottom half of the AL East there. W's will be in play. Montgomery has showed us things in the past before getting banged up. He's got some decent fastball velocity, which is up right now. Good pitch mix of like three or four pitches, depending on what he's got going on. So he can get you some strikeouts. It's just a matter of keeping the ball in the ballpark. He got dinged up by that bouncy ball over two home runs per nine last year. And if anybody watched that game on uh, MLB Network this past week against the Tigers, the wind was howling out. Like I'm not, I'm not going to throw it. I'm not going to throw it all on Montgomery. I literally, I was recording a, the podcast with Sporer, and it was so hard for both of us not to comment. But they, they were playing home run derby on him, so I, I wouldn't take that into account. But I do like him as a deeper, uh, later round off, and him and uh, Debbie Garcia. Is another guy in deep, deep leagues. I think could be the fifth starter. I just my favorite thing about spring training is the uh, super panic when something yeah. bad happens, the uh, or good or bad. You know, I mean, wasn't who was it that um, uh, uh, Michael Franco? Remember, he would always he's uh, Mister Spring Training. He would just crush spring. And Delman Young, remember Delman Young yeah. always used to crush spring and. Uh, Zach Granke has Zach Granke had a start yet because yeah you know what was great is um, I don't know if it was a start he had a, some kind of outing because he was on the gun he was showing throwing like 91 or 92 oh my god and he always throws like low 80s yeah I was gonna say he might yeah. start hitting 106 this year if well, he's starting at 91 my god it was it was typical Granky. The guys afterwards asked him, "Hey, so what's with the increased velocity this spring?" And he goes, "Maybe it's all the time I took off, not wasting my time getting ready." <laughs> I was like, "The most Granky answer ever." He's such a dick. I mean, I, I, I know that he has social anxiety, but I mean, you gotta know, right? You gotta know you're being a jerk at that point. He's doing so. it on purpose by now. He has oh, to be, of course. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I love. Him. 
He's funny. You know, I mean, I I always, of course, when he was on the Dodgers, I hated his guts, you know, because why wouldn't I? But yeah, right, right. But I tell you what, when he was on the Dodgers, the one thing that kind of started skewing me towards him was when he grabbed Yasiel Puig's bags and threw them off the bus. Like That was amazing. Uh, yeah, that was it was just a really uh, cool moment to say, you know, hey, look, uh, we know that Granky is kind of a me first, weird, selfishy dude. And even he thinks that Puig is being a yep. jerk here. So uh, I love that. But um, the Puig, uh, let's talk about him for a second here because he still oh, hasn't man. signed. And um, I actually like taking him this year because he's a you know potential 2020 guy. He had a decent average last mm-hmm. year, but it just seems like he's holding out for that longer term contract, and I don't think it's going to come. I don't think he's going to get it. So, uh, what um, what's your thought process on drafting Yasiel Puig right now? I'm treating Puig, and yes, I, I love Puig with the 2020 upside. He's going to pick 185 in the month of March. I'm treating him like a prospect. And I've talked about it on my shows with some very talented NFBC players where you have a seven-man bench, you have no IL. So when you're drafting, you can take like one gamble, two max, because you need those roster spots really badly. So the way Puig's been dragging his feet, like going where he's going, I love taking my chance there. You know, J.D. Davis, sure, he's good, but Puig smokes him if he's playing full-time. You know, right next to Kyle Tucker, Brian Reynolds. I am taking a chance on Puig, but you know in doing so, you're not taking Joe Adele. You're not taking Kyle Tucker. You're not taking all these young studs that might be up in a month or so. You just can't do it because you're hoping Puig comes in because now he's almost missed spring training. So it's even if he signs, when's he gonna, is he ready right away? Does he have to go get ready? How's that going to go? I like gambling on him if your roster construction is okay for that. Yeah, and I think that's, once again, it's another good point to make is, you know, when you're uh, putting your team together, just make sure that if you do take Puig, that's your risk. You know what I mean? Uh, You don't want to go in with him and Joe Adele and Kyle Tucker, just like you mentioned, or even injury, you know, injured guys. You don't want to take Puig and have him backing up a guy like Stanton because Stanton may miss time. You need Puig to fill in and all of a sudden, well, he's not ready yet, you know? So uh, it's just good to be aware of all of those scenarios. But um, we are going to head towards a break pretty soon here. I got one more thing to ask you about uh, before we go. And it's the, um, it's the Danny Santana playing center field and what it does to Todd Frazier and Ronald Guzman and the corner infielder aspect for the Rangers. Loaded question, but first, uh, Danny Santana, it's a big boost for him because guaranteed playing time. I was still down on him. He had a career year last year, but he's still going to be good. Todd Frazier is projected to hit fourth. The reports are coming out. He's going to start pretty much every day, not a platoon so much. Uh, I know you think platoon, but I'm, I'm liking Frazier as a super late-round gamble. If for something changes, you drop him. He doesn't cost you anything. They signed him to play for a reason. He's interesting. Nick Solak, super utility. Little bit of a hit, but still very good. This is why we're friends. Uh, I'm in on Todd Frazier, too. And uh, I talked about him. I just drafted him. Uh, I talked about him in, during Hell Week. So uh, I, I, I'm surprised. Two people are in on Todd Frazier. We're the Todd Frazier Club right here. But we got to hit a break. We'll be right back because I got to ask Bubba if he's in or out of some popular names. So we'll be right back with that after this break.
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, in this league. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Look at us. Who would have thought? Welcome back. It's In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. I'm joined by my friend, Casey Bubba. And we're going to talk about some players that I feel like they're not crazy divisive, but I feel like there's no gray area on opinions for these guys. You're either in or you're out. And I want to know where you are on them. So let's start out here with Jordan Alvarez, obviously uh, playing for the Astros. Uh, pretty damn good rookie season where he hit 27 bombs and 87 games. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, you do get a little bit of the extrapolating talk here, of course, mm-hmm. which you can't do. I mean, 27 bombs over 87 games, you know, that's barely over half a season. So people want to say, well, how is he not going to hit 50 homers? Well, let me just let you know, every projection system <laughs> has him for not even 40. So uh, 39 is the high. That's ATC. The bat has him for 33 at the low. So um, what, what are your thoughts on Jordan Alvarez for this year? And is he a guy that you've taken in any drafts? He's a very, very good player. I think I'm in one draft, a 12-team league. Um, I'm not all in on Alvarez. I'm probably more out now Now with recent knee injury, knee news, which could just be a little a little something. But the fact that he's young and having knee issues and he's a big dude, that's always something that I have in the back of my mind at least. It's not like an end-all, be-all, like I said. But it's something to think about. He's not even 23 years old yet. He's already battling knee issues. That means he's not going to get outfit eligibility. He's UT only. His draft price is pretty high. You can get the same thing in Nelson Cruz later or a similar thing even later in in, uh, Chris Davis if you want to stay UTIL only. There's certain things to look at there. I don't care about locking up your utility spot right away. I'm not one of those people. If he's deserving, go for it. But um, where he's going, if people think he's going to be hitting 50 homers, you're crazy. Uh, him and Pete Alonso are not hitting 50 homers. I'll throw that out there now. But uh, well, who's good more ball. likely? 
Ooh, more likely. I'll go Jordan because designated hitter, those ballparks in the, uh, the AL, and plus some of that pitching is just so bad. I, I like his situation better than the NL East and some of the National League teams. Yeah, I mean, I've taken him in a couple spots. I took him in an AL only uh, just because he was by far the best hitter left. And um, I think I took him in one of the draft. And I have around, I think, 13 leagues this year, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, uh, you know, not he's not a guy that I'm swooping up all the time, but I think he does drop a little bit, mainly because of the util only. Because I play on fan tracks a lot. I know, I think in ESPN and in Yahoo, he, he qualifies at outfield. So you're going to get him there for the whole year. So oh. a little bit more flexibility there. Uh, but... Uh, and it was weird. That was one of the very first questions I got uh, right after Yahoo opened. Someone was like, Yahoo and ESPN has Alvarez at outfield. He didn't even play 20 yeah, games. How is that there. even possible? That's uh, ridiculous. I, 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 did he even play five games there? I don't even think I'll, he played five I, games. I don't think so. I'll check while you're talking. But right. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I think what it might have been was he came up as an outfielder. I think that was the... The deal. So uh, I think they labeled him as an outfielder, and maybe it was something along the lines of he didn't play enough games to only get UT eligibility in those leagues. Uh, to be honest, I don't really have a good explanation for it. He played. He played ten games in the majors and outfield last oh, year. He it. started nine. Yeah, and he played uh, in the minors. He started played twenty nine in the outfield. So I think ESPN is ten, uh, Yahoo is five, and Fantrax is twenty. So that's I'm pretty sure that's how it breaks down. I could be wrong. It could be ten for both, but I know that Yahoo has the most lenient uh, position eligibility. I mean, we always joke that a guy looked at home plate, so now he's a catcher. You know, <laughs> so uh, he he stood at home plate. He was right next to that catcher. Just make him a catcher. That's how Yahoo does it. So, uh, but um, I mean, you can switch some of those settings. I mean, I know in fan tracks, you know, you can go to one game uh, or, you know, one inning uh, of a position and be able to get that. I mean, for that, you know, you could put some of those when those games go uh, 17, 18 innings, you could put some outfielders in the outfield if you have one inning uh, at that. Uh, I remember I was at a, I think it was a 17 inning D-backs game where Shelby Miller was playing left field. So... Uh, you know, just weird things everything. like that happen. So, uh, yeah, it tells you what you need to know. Uh, a guy that I'm in on, so, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you're going to roast me or if you actually like him as well, is Manny Machado. I think that he's going at one of his most affordable prices this year. Obviously was down last year, only hitting 256 when he's a career 279 hitter. Uh, he had he still had 32 homers, but the RBIs uh, were down at at 85 and the runs were at 81 and his low in RBIs the pre free, uh, three previous seasons was 96 he did uh, add s- some swipes I mean he's been all over the board as far as stolen bases go he had 20 in 2015 he had zero in 2016 so he's kind of a tweener five last year but uh, I think that this is a great year to swoop him up because he's just absolutely affordable I mean over since um, March 1st uh, or uh, excuse me, February 1st on uh, NFBC. He's going at 61. He qualifies at third and short. So I'm all in on Manny Machado. What do you think, Bubba? Uh, boo this man. Boo him. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. He's going around pick 60 still in just the month of March. He's like the value I get. He's third base shortstop eligible on NFBC. So you got some flexibility there. 
Um, he's putting he put up decent numbers, but man, those home road splits are terrifying. Hit two nineteen at home last season. Sure, he had fifteen homers. If that's all you care about, that's juicy. But two eighty nine on the road. Um, majority of his production came on the road, and if you're going to rely on that. That is quite terrifying to me. And then in the second half, he also dropped off quite a bit. 12 of his 32 homers in the second half, only at 242. Um, there, there's just a few things that stand out to me that, that kind of surprise me. Now, sure, if you look at his baseball savant page, like his hard hits, his barrels, they all line up pretty good. You look at the projection sites, they all got him playing 155 or more games, you know, 33, 35-plus homers, good average. If the projections are there and they're accurate, you're not looking too shabby. But but I'm not a what I saw on the road last year. What I saw in the second half of the season gives me a little trepidation on going after a guy of Manny Machado when there's other guys at either third base or especially shortstop. Like I'd rather go a couple picks later and get Boba Shett. I'd be all over that. I'd rather go about five picks later and get Yoan Moncada. Those are guys I'd rather have over Manny Machado. So I am out on Manny Machado right now. But I know there's a lot of people like you that are all in on him. Man, man, I'd, I I like both those guys that you mentioned as well. So if Machado's not your guy, he's not your guy. I just think that, um, you know, it's going to take – he's been playing in the in the AL East for his whole career before last year. So you move to the NL West. First of all, you're moving two, you know, three time zones. Uh, you know, Arizona, I always get it confused because we switch. <laughs> Monday, hey, well, I'll you're be – You're back to us. You're yeah, to I'll be us. back with you on Monday. So uh, – yeah. but I've been an hour ahead of you. So uh, it's just it's just weird uh, the, the way it works. But anyway, uh, he has to go across country. It's all new pitching. It's a new schedule as well. So, um, you know, uh, and new teammates. And last year the Padres were – uh, fairly god awful, you know. So um, uh, they're supposed to improve a lot this year, but uh, I, I don't know. I just think that he's affordable, and if he puts up, you know, a, a thirty homer season and he hits two seventy five, he's going to start going in the thirties again next year. So it's just a good year to have him. Uh, we've already talked about this guy a little bit, but Andrew Benintendi, are you in and out on him? Because last year, before the season started, a lot of people were comparing him to Yelich. Maybe I was on that train a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously last season was disappointing. I mean, he didn't. You, you always expect these young guys to take a next step every single year, and it just didn't happen for him. It was, uh, you know, Kind of a lateral step. He hit 266 down from 290. Uh, his runs dropped. He played 10 fewer games. Uh, he quit stealing as much. Um, you know, this year projections have him a little bit better than last year, but not quite as good as 2018. So where are you at as far as Andrew Benintendi goes? Yeah, I have no shares of Benintendi right now. I'm not saying like I wouldn't take Benintendi. It just for some reason has not fallen to that. There's other people I'm picking around that time. The, the drop-offs last year were insane in every pretty much every category. And then you saw the strikeout rate go up 7%. If you can just get back to the 17 and 18 seasons, you got a 2020 type guy with good averages. I was with you. I, I don't know if I compared him straight to Yellick, but I really enjoyed it. I, he was one of my top 10 outfielders going into last season. I know that for a fact. So I, I was big on him. Uh, massive disappointment. He's one of those guys that if someone wanted to take a chance on him to bounce back, I think he's a very justifiable bounce back candidate. I guess it's just there's other guys in that realm. Usually I'm taking pitchers because like there's Gallon and Freed and some other guys going right there. I'm getting like my third starting pitcher, so I have not grabbed the Benintendi. 
but I could see a good argument. If I had to pick one side there, I would say I'm in on Ben and Tendi. I just don't own Ben and Tendi right now. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm kind of the same way. I think I'm in on Ben and Tendi, but uh, like you said, I've just been going for either other positions or um, just flat out uh, other players that I like a little bit more that have been dropping to his same area. So I don't own, I don't think I own one share of Ben and Tendi anywhere yet. So uh, we'll see. I've got a couple drafts coming up. Uh, to see if I can uh, swoop him up. But, uh, yeah, a little bit disappointing, but I I think he's a nice option on a bounce back. Let's get one more in here before we hit a break. Um, How about uh, Josh Bell? Josh Bell with the Pirates, great first half, terrible second half. First base is a little bit of an albatross this season. Are you in or out on Josh Bell? I'm torn on Josh Bell. Um I would be in at the price of 103 right now. I think is a good value because first base does drop off so darn much. I'm just really concerned. Not so much that he can't bounce back. I think, you know, we're going to see a better second half. I think we still see a good overall season. That Pirates lineup is getting worse and worse with Marte gone and some other things. That scares me more than anything. So I don't mind taking Bell, but another guy I have none of. Bell or Benintendi? Benintendi. Yeah, me too. So I'm right there with you. Don't own any shares of Bell. I'm not really into it. Uh, That great first half, bad second half really, really worries me. So uh, we're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to finish off some of these uh, hitters. And we have some pitchers to talk about as well. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the Sports Grid after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old in this league. Talk about www.wcom.me, you major go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. Welcome back to the last segment of In This League on the Sports Grid for Hour 1. I'm your host, Scott Bogdan. Follow me on Twitter, Bogdan Sports. I'm here with my friendo Casey Bubba. You can follow him at BD Entrick. And uh, what is what's happened so far in spring training that you've enjoyed the most? Have you seen anything fun or crazy yet? Um, I'm absolutely in love. And it really takes a lot because I hate ESPN in general. I only watch it for their games now and the way they're making up players. I know we bets did it last year. It's like, can we have more of this? They've done it like every day the last few weeks. Like Pete Alonzo dropping F bombs, uh, Jacob DeGrom telling Dominic Smith if he didn't lose weight and still a fatty, he did a home run there. Um, uh, watching Freddie Freeman run around the bases yelling, there's like a little league kid, there's win, there's win. And like, there's like, it's awesome to see them acting like this. And I guess Pete Alonzo already said he gave MLB per- permission to 
put a mic at first base so he can listen to those conversations with people. I think that's the thing I've loved the most because the rest of the stuff we're seeing, we're starting to get to the stage where we can see maybe some lineups like that we're going to see in the regular season. But up till now, it's mainly been whatever except for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that and we talked about that when we talked about the XFL a couple weeks ago yep. where and by the way, how far has the XFL fallen off? Good Lord. Yeah, after, I don't see week any one. It's nothing. So. It's nothing. It's bad. Like you maybe have seen more than I like. I literally have not tuned in. Um, is, is you think it survives? No, I mean, I, I really don't, especially I think. There's going to be uh, underlying circumstances that make it not survive as well, mainly being coronavirus, because I don't know if you heard, but apparently one of the vendors at the Seattle Dragons game tested positive for coronavirus. So, yeah. And uh, Europe, uh, I can't remember which country it is, but one of the soccer leagues, Italy. Okay, there you go. They are. I know it's spreading like wildfire in Italy, but they're going to go with uh, empty stadiums for a month. Which is well, just they're, crazy they're, to me. They're saying March Madness might be players and media only. Yeah, and I thought that was a joke when people yep. were talking about that. Like, uh, just play it in a high school gym then. Who cares? You know what I mean? Um, it's going to wind up looking like a porn set where you have to come with your uh, with your coronavirus test to, phrasing, to the stadium. Phrasing. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of phrasing there. Yeah, <laughs> sure. uh, but uh, yeah, it's nuts. The paranoia is absolutely sweeping through the country. But uh, let's talk about some more of these. You know, I I don't want to call them controversial players, but I think these are players that people are, you know, just hard line stance in or out yet. So we got some more hitters to go here. Uh, How about Luis Robert with uh, the White Sox? Of course, he got his uh, brand new contract uh, earlier this year and meaning he doesn't have to do the whole let's wait until he passes the arbitration, blah, 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 blah. All that was bought out. He got his new deal. Uh, they did the same thing with Moncada. Um, so the core is going to be looking good for Chicago for a while, but we haven't seen Luis Robert play. So that just makes him a risk. Have you been uh, grabbing him in any drafts or are you kind of out on Luis Robert at his current cost, which since February 1st on NFBC is 77 now? I took I haven't been one league because it was kind of the league where I took Jordan Alvarez. I took all these kind of young, riskier. You did options. the thing we just told everybody not to do where you're only like, in one league. Only in one <laughs> league. So my, my normal drafting and plus it was a twelve team league for one. Like fifteen okay. I play a lot yeah. safer. Um so I'd say for the majority I have none. I, I think there's way too much risk there. Is the ceiling high? It's tremendous. Like the talent level's no joke. But we also haven't seen him at this level. His, his, you know, his AAA year was good, but had some ups and downs. It's still good, and it's one of those things. If he starts out like Vlad Guerrero did last year, this is a horrible draft pick. But if he comes out the gates and he's raking like Juan Soto, it's amazing. So it just depends on your risk factor. I would pass on him personally unless you want to get weird and like I, I made it all in one league, so it's one league specific, and that's it. Yeah, I, I have him in a couple keeper leagues, or at least one keeper league. Uh, but I, I'm the same way as far as redraft goes this year is, you know, we've seen the steady climb and we knew it was coming, right? Uh, because I believe when we started taking a look at ADP, which really is early January, you know, um, because this draft's going on in November, December, but that's kind of a, that's kind of the wild, wild west of sorting out your ADP and stuff like that. So uh, uh, Luis Robert was going 
going around where Benintendi is, you know, between 90 and 100. Uh, even that, a little that was more reasonable to me. Then. Yeah, even a little bit later, too. But now you have him going in amongst the likes of, you know, we talked about uh, your boy Tommy Pham uh, last week. He's going right next to Tommy Pham. So, I mean, but Pham is just that dude is absolutely proven. Even yeah. uh, he's going one spot ahead of Ramon Laureano. Ramon Laureano is yeah. uh, more proven than uh, Luis Robert is anyway. So um, I, I just think that he's a good player and he's a nice risk, but he's one of those guys. You take him. You uh, he is a conditional pick. You've got to get another uh Outfielder. I almost said linebacker because he's so big. He looks like a linebacker. You got to get another outfielder uh, somewhat soon, just in case he does bottom out or sent to the minors or whatever the story goes. You know, so uh, I haven't been uh, snapping him up anywhere else. What about Reese Hoskins coming off his down year? Uh, This is kind of a big one. You know, I mean, I think it was kind of a nightmare in Philly last year. Anyway, uh, I think Gabe Kapler. Just didn't fit for Philly. Hopefully he fits for your Giants a little bit more. Uh, had to bring it up, didn't you? I, just I, had to bring it up. Just saying. I, and I said I <laughs> hope that he fits your guys better. I mean, I wouldn't bet on it. but um, So he hit uh, 226 last year, down from 246. He dropped uh, 20 points, but he's dropped three years in a row. 259 from his rookie season to 246 to 226. And the homers uh, dropped from 34 to 29. Uh, you know, the rest of the counting stats are pretty much there. But that batting average sinks you at 226. Uh, he's predicted to hit in the 240s by every projection. Projection system, yet another first baseman in. But this is kind of why first base is weak because you have these guys that you know. If you take your betting on a bounce back from. Yep, I'm a huge Reese Hoskins fan this year. I really, really like Reese Hoskins. I think a bounce back's coming. We've seen him. Um, he, he got his he met a new hitting coach this off season. New batting stance. It really it resembles he um, Justin Turner quite a bit, where the hands are located and everything. I'm really liking what I'm seeing with Reese Hoskins. Uh, the power, like you said, the counting stats were pretty much there last year. Strikeout rate went up a little bit, but he even walked more last year than 18. OBP wise, he still had a 364 OBP, even though he hit 226. He had a 113 WRC plus. He had a 228 ISO. These are all decent numbers. ISO is a little lower than you'd like, but he he was above average in every category. Or something hit 226. If he gets that average back up to 240, like we're talking about, everything else goes big time up. I'd rather have Reese Hoskins than Josh Bell. I'll say that much right now. Okay. Um, I, I'm a big fan of a bounce back of Reese. He's one of those guys, if you don't get one of the early first basemen, I love landing on Reese Hoskins, especially in an OBP league, but in a regular league, big fan. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like he's a little bit of Benintendi to me because I haven't I haven't taken him anywhere yet, uh, but I've had him queued up a couple times and he just gets yep. picked right before me. But I mean... He's going, you know, in the middle of uh, Trey Mancini, Josh Bell. Um, you know, he's going right behind those guys and just ahead of like Carlos Santana, Danny Santana, uh, E5, Yuli Gurriel and, and guys like that. Um, I think I might put him below like a Carlos Santana and, and a Danny. Danny Santana, maybe for the swipes. But I think most in most cases, I'm, I'm drafting Danny Santana for as an outfielder more than as a first baseman. So um, I don't know. I like him, but I, I'm 
I'm a little more wishy-washy on him than I think most people are because I think most people are either, yeah, I want him, he's definitely going to bounce back, or nah, screw that guy, he hit 226, why would I take him over Carlos Santana? I think those are kind of the two uh, most attitudes that you get uh, as far as uh, he goes. What about Justin Upton? Uh, Justin Upton, obviously, uh, you know, getting older, a little bit long in the tooth at this point. Uh, last season was uh, an absolute disaster. He had, uh, I believe it was a knee injury, and he came back a little too soon and then went out again. Uh, you know, I watched Justin Upton for a long time in Arizona, and he's a legit great bat. He's a mm-hmm. great power bat. Uh, he gets, you know, he gets a little down sometimes where he is, starts hacking at everything and, you know, those strikeout numbers come way up at 30 and a half percent for a career high last year. Um, he hit 12 homers in 63 games, but he only hit 215 where he's, you know, a career 266 hitter. He's never going to blow the doors off, but he's better than this. So what are you thinking on Justin Upton for this year? Big fan of a bounce back. He's going to be 33 this season. Injuries took a toll on him last year. Like you said, he's already, you know, looks better this year. He's lost some weight. Uh, all reports from all media coaches, they love everything they're seeing. It looks like the Justin Upton of old. He was that guy that I think projection sites absolutely loved because he was a back-of-the-baseball card guy. He was always within a certain window every year and play like 145-plus games, usually hitting you know 260 to 270, give or take, 30, 30-ish home runs. Everything was always in line. He'd even steal you eight-plus bags uh, consistently year after year. Maybe the bags go down because he's getting older and the knee injury, but I think the power is legit. That offense is going to be even better with Rendon coming back uh, and joining the team with Stella maybe playing a full season. That'll be huge. Uh, get up to and then the projection sites only have up to hitting 240. I, I think he's back to like a 250-ish, maybe 260 guy. And if that's the case, give me 30 homers. Give me the counting stats. He's going to strike out a ton, so don't listen to that. He's done that his whole career. He's always been a strikeout guy. But I love Justin Upton, and you're getting my pick two two ten. If we if this is last season's drafting, he's like what you know around Tommy Pham, a little after Tommy Pham because he doesn't steal maybe as much as Pham, but production wise, you're getting probably a seventy five to one hundred percent hundred pick discount on Justin Upton right now, and I, I would take that. And he's going in the middle of platoon and injured guys. I mean, it's yep. Jock Peterson, Kutch are just ahead of him. Below him are Gar- uh, Avisel Garcia, Joe Adele, Alex Verdugo. So it's a kind of platoony players or guys uh, with injuries. But yep. uh, we're going to hit a break here. When we come back, we're going to finish up some of these hitters and uh, start diving into some of these pitchers an hour, too. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. 